The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Basics Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Benson, I'm your host. We're going to do some betting trends, talk some AJ Brown. <laughs> I guess we'll talk revenge games. I don't know if I'm still allowed to do that. Corporate's all over me on it. Uh, joining me to do so, Tyler Sullivan, aka Sully. And for the first time, making her debut on the Pick Six Podcast, friend of the pod, Katie Box. What's up, Katie Box? Kelly, what's up? Good. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You didn't. You're not gonna laugh at the Kelly thing. Come on, please. Um, oh, Kelly, I didn't even hear you say. Oh, Brian, come on. Yes. Well, do you want to tell everybody how this came about that I accidentally called you Brian on uh, Sportsline one <laughs> no, night? No, I just think it's funny. Um, <laughs> you we, pull up a Brian don't... Wilson, uh, you know, Brinson. Oh, actually, you know, uh, Joe yeah. uh, Joe Musso called Ryan Wilson Will Brinson okay. on Sunday night. Oh, well, that's a, that's that's better. That's better. Yeah, that's worse. That's that's much. Now, Breach and I need to get confused with one another. I think somebody put in the teleprompter Will Brinson instead of Ryan Wilson, and Musso is sort of like a um, you know a, a Ron Burgundy type who just reads off the prompter. Yeah. Kind of Jesus had a hair, but just you know, no nothing other. No, than that's not true. That's not true. He's he's Joe is a pro. Joe is a pro. Look at me rhyming already. Um, just to be clear, everything we say on this show is sarcastic. Yeah, except Espe- the fact especially, that- especially the football analysis. <laughs> Correct, one hundred percent. Yes. If, if you're here for serious football analysis and you've been here for like multiple years, but I mean, really, what are, what are you doing at this point? Um, anyway, we're going to do some betting trends. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm, am I? Okay. Let me ask you this. I'll go to you first, Katie Mox. Cause you looked at me like I was a crazy person when I came in here all fired up about John Robinson being fired as the GM of the Titans. I, I don't remember. And granted my memory has been terrible. It's like 1997 for various reasons. Oh, okay. uh, but mostly because I'm, I'm old, uh, but I do not remember a GM of a first place team being yeah. fired 
after yeah. week 13. Like that's kind of unusual, right? Totally unusual. And I'm actually pretty shocked about it as well. I mean, you said they're leading their division. Now it is probably the worst division in football, but still seven and five. It's still kind of a respectable record, but it just seems to me that, you know, ownership doesn't like trading away your best player in AJ Brown and then having him torch you and say that it was personal. So yeah, this seems, uh, this does seem like something personal, which is what you were kind of saying in the, in the pre-show. And it is, it is quite shocking. And I think he's kind of the, the scapegoat here on this one, but you know, they still, they've only beat what one team with a losing record, which is Washington. They haven't been able to do well against the NFL elite. Uh, but I do think that they're going to end the season fine. I mean, what they've got the Jaguars twice, the Texans, the Chargers, Cowboys. They can win two of those games. They'll probably still win the division. But yeah, this is shocking. Yeah. I say, look, and to be clear, I am not leading anybody on this podcast into the idea that, that John Robinson was fired because AJ Brown was traded this offseason. And well, then it's, it's there. I mean, the timing is a little unusual. Yeah. I, I, mean, yeah. I, th- I think what happened, Sully is that Mike Vrabel, who is like one of the best coaches in football, pulled a coup of sorts on John Robinson Ooh. because he wants, Ooh. as Bill Parcells once said, to buy the groceries. And Mike Vrabel Ooh. didn't have the authority to buy the groceries because John Robinson had the ultimate say of the roster. And you can go back and watch the video. I tweeted it out. Watch the video during the draft. The NFL Network is filming it. And they trade A.J. Brown. And Mike Vrabel stands up. And it's like... You can, he looks like he wants to, and yeah, this is like a, a Marvel dork thing, but it looked like he wanted to go Bruce Banner into Hulk, man. He's like, he's like about to explode out of this tie and this jacket. And he's like, I cannot believe you traded that, that man instead of just giving him money. And I, I have to believe Sully that like if Rabel and you, you're going to start seeing it come out. It's like Rabel's now has control of personnel. Rabel's going to pick who the guy is like, he's going to bring in his own guy and he's in charge of this team now, I think. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great thing to point out, too. Obviously, you know, the A.J. Brown timing of all of it, yeah, it makes sense, and you can you can easily point to that as being the reason, but it does stem way far beyond that, and it does feel like there was division on that decision, as you see in that clip there from the draft. It's, it's shocking, nonetheless, like we're talking about. I mean, this is a guy who has put his team in a position to contend in the AFC for the last few years here, and They've done it in a kind of obscure way. If you go all the way back to the Ryan Tannehill signing, I mean, it's not like they draft, developed, and brought a quarterback in that's you know elite. They picked the guy out of a of, out of a haystack and were able to re- recreate this thing on the fly. So for me, that almost makes it even more impressive for what he's done over the last few years. It's not like he had a number one overall pick and brought in this yeah. generational quarterback. They did it with Ryan Tannehill over these last few years, and so. Yeah, you could say that obviously, you know, that that was a bad move to get rid of A.J. Brown and you should have just probably given him the money. But overall, I feel like he's built up more goodwill than he's than he's lost over the last few years. I guess maybe maybe that's not how they see it that way. Um, Yeah, uh, Marcus Mariota Mariota was there and was drafted by Rustin Webster, who was the old GM. I'm trying to remember. God, what's the name of the guy with the oh, man, the old Titans? personnel guy who's got the he said the most unbelievable mustache you ever seen in your life i'll find it i'll figure it out it's like this like long droopy like 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 inspector like from the like the old british parliament it's floyd reese no no is it floyd reese no not a i was gonna ask not to look for a picture not as sit that in the chat sorry i'm I'm, steve underwood it's steve underwood yes not if you can bring a picture steve underwood this mustache is just tremendous 
it's like if um it looks like it looks like he ate a powdered donut. You can't see his mouth. It's unbelievable. Um Floyd Reese was an old uh, Titans GM though. But yeah, they 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 that crew brought in Mariota. And then at the, I think at that point there was a transfer of, of ownership. That's when AB Adam Strunk came in. There was Mike Malarkey there for a little bit. And look, Mike Vrabel took over. John Robinson, they worked together for a long time. Things have been good. I'm telling you, man, I think the A.J. Brown thing was the breaking point. Mike Vrabel truly believes he can't – like like he's being hamstrung because he, he doesn't have any wide receivers. And instead of just paying A.J. Brown, he's you – know, like Traylon Burke's a good player. Robert Wood's a good blocker. But, like, they ain't got anybody. How are you going to win with nobody? Well, that would be my biggest oh, – wow. look He looks like Bane. He's like fuzzy Bane. It's true. My God, he looks like a, a descendant of Carl, Colonel Sanders, right? That's the uh, KFC yeah. guy. I feel like there's like a little bit of a KFC vibe. Not, not, just, not, not just to be mean, but it also, you know, the, 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 the season. He almost looks like a Whoville. <laughs> like someone from Whoville a little bit. He's kind of like, I feel like someone yes. would have that mustache. It's like if, yeah. a, if like Horton, if Horton, if Horton from Whoville and Colonel Sanders <laughs> had a mutual relative. That's... I don't know how he eats though, because it's not cleaned up around his mouth. So you got to think he's getting some in there while he's chewing. You need to be careful because, like, this could spawn an entirely like, like separate different podcast. conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, we, it'd be like we're like, oh, it's been thirty minutes. We haven't talked about a single game of week fourteen. We talk about Steve Underwood's facial hair for. I, I agree. <laughs> how would you eat with that? But I don't know. It's covering both his lips. It's insanity. Oh. Do you think he still has it? Like, no point. Like, this is Underwood. It's like, hey, bro, like, just shave I mean, it. That, I mean, this dude's probably had it for years now, right? I mean, at this point. What Since like the 30s. It's not yeah. like he was keeping it during, his, you know, his, his, his NFL career. And once he left the NFL, he's like, all right, I can finally take this thing off. I cannot <laughs> wait. for I cannot wait for the angry note from corporate about <laughs> this, the two minutes. Because <laughs> it's coming. Um, uh, okay. Sorry. Now I'm all, I, this, this thing is throwing me for a complete loop. But wow. I mean, it's the GM got fired week 13. Let's talk about totals. The totals this week are really weird. There are, Sully, I think two totals 37 or lower, and then two totals 52 or higher. Mm. It's a very wide range. If you were going to pick one total you like on the slate, what would you go with? You know, it's it's one of those high ones, and it's it's super. The, the Vikings and Lions at fifty three yes. and a half is the donkey, massive. Donkey it's the donkeyest of donkey moves, but it just feels like this game's going to naturally end twenty eight twenty seven. It just feels like that's going to happen, right? You're going to talk me off it. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll ride the don- I'll ride Dominic the donkey all the <laughs> all the way to the over on this one. What do you, Katie? What do you think? Uh, over. Minnesota? Uh, over, yeah. Well, I mean, the Detroit Lions, Lions, the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions uh, oh. have gone over on a lot of games. They've had like four four or five games that have gone over 30 points. So, yeah, well, I like this. Over. I, Sorry. What? It's jumped out to two and a half. That's kind of crazy. It was one earlier today. Mm. 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 Um, look at this Minnesota here. defense over the last few weeks, you know, this season, really. Passing yards allowed. Last in the NFL, yards per attempt, last in the NFL. That, that's a great recipe for a Lions team that loves putting up points yeah. and loves running it with Jamal Williams at the one-yard line. And on the opposite side of things, you have Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, who's playing well. It just feels like this is a recipe for a high-scoring game. Obviously, the total indicates that, but I, I think you're looking at high 20s on both sides, and you're looking at probably around 55. 
You couldn't you couldn't talk me off it. Uh, Katie, you like a total on the board at all this week? I like the under in the Niners and the Bucks game. Ooh. This is one of the lowest ones, 37 yeah, and a half. Awesome. And it's it's low, but for very good reason. Niners, of course, number one defense in the NFL. They're also number one in points allowed per game. Only 15.8. Tampa Bay, number five, 18.3. Most of the Bucks matchups have ended in 40 or less uh, scored this season. And I don't see Brock Purdy putting up 30 points against Tampa like he did against the Dolphins. I mean, anything is possible, I guess, with Brock Purdy. The kid looked I don't know. He looks pretty decent coming in for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I see this one closer to like the Saints game and maybe the Niners just getting a couple touchdowns, maybe about 17 points. Also, outdoor divisional unders are hitting at 69% uh, this season. And, and Tom Brady and the Bucks offense did not look that great uh, last night, although Tom Brady did decide to come back and win the game, but not cover the spread like yes. a jerk uh, last night. So, I was, yeah, I had the, I, I like I was hoping for some, uh, was it SVP calls pitchy, pitchy, woo woo at the end? Like the Saints get that three second kickoff and they try to lateral it and it's like it fumbles in the end zone and then recover. But no, it's not to be. I know, it's shout so, out to, it's so uh, like Tom Brady. Yeah. What? I know. Shout out to uh, Sharkies in Raleigh. Great Saints bar. My buddy Nick and his dad run it. And I was there for the first half. Delightful place. Um, I, th- I like that under too. Yeah, it's like it, it's you, there's no chance that Kyle Shanahan is going to uncourt Brock Purdy against Tampa. No, no, they're going to run the ball. Yeah, and and yeah, they're they're both sides are going to run the ball and like sort of like play around, and then eventually somebody's going to try to steal the win late. Like, and, no. and I don't feel like this Buccaneers offensive line is anything to write home about. So you're talking about this pass rush oh. for San Francisco wreaking havoc all over Tom Brady and what we've seen from the Buccaneers this year. And you started again last night, as you were saying, Katie, about this, this offense, not really firing on all cylinders. If all of a sudden Nick Bosa is able to get at Tom Brady and put them into third and long situations, third and nine plus the Buccaneers have had the worst conversion percentage since 2000 in that spot, third and nine or more. And you saw that they were 0 for four last night in that, in that type of setting as well. It's impossible, even when you have Tom Brady. And with the recipe that I see here is pass rush for San Francisco, putting Tampa Bay in impossible situations. And that's that's the recipe for this thing to go under and be low scoring. Agree completely. By the way, obviously, I went out of order on the rundown, which is prone to happen sometimes. Um, But there are other quarterback situations, just like Brock Purdy. I think that's the way to bet that one, is to take the under on that one. Lamar Jackson is going to be out. And Deshaun Watson playing his second game. Matthew Stafford's done for the year, mercifully. I mean, it took you long enough, McVeigh. Sit him. Sit everybody. Play <laughs> for 2023, uh, pal. Um, Katie, what would you – when you look at these quarterback situations, you, you know, I mean, Walford is catching six at home on Thursday. Yeah. And uh, Snoop Huntley is catching three on the road with a total of 37. Not exactly a robust AFC North total there. Uh, one o'clock on CBS, by the way, um, mm. on Sunday, either of those entice you at all, uh, getting the points of the backup quarterback, uh, getting the, well, I'm, I'm taking Purdy. I'm taking the points with that one. I know that's not one that oh, yeah. you asked me on. 
I, it, when I look at this Ravens game, I think it's actually kind of interesting because the line opened up with the Steelers actually as dogs originally, four and a half point dogs. Then it swung completely in the opposite direction. Ravens, of course, now getting three with Lamar Jackson out. Uh, Harbaugh saying he's week to week, but he's less likely to start this week. So the interesting trend about this one, since the start of the 2015 season, eight of 14 Steelers versus Ravens games finished four points or closer, and three of those even went into overtime. The underdog 18 and two against the spread, covering 90% of the time. But then you got mm. someone like Tyler Huntley getting the start. He's one and three as a starter, throwing for two touchdowns and four picks against the TJ Watt. I don't know. I think I'd have to take the Steelers in that one. Sally, what do you think about this? Uh, I mean, the total is it's 37, and like it could be lower. Like neither team's going to score a ton. It and it be. does feel like, I think, uh, was it two of the Huntley games last year? By the way, you do showing up here with research, Katie. What is happening here? Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, nothing will make you look bad on this podcast already. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like two of the games with uh Huntley last year they went for two, may have just been one. I know the Packers game with Huntley, it was sort of like Harbaugh's like, F it, like we're kind of you know, we, we we know we're up against it anyway. Um, you want to get you want to get the three there with uh with Huntley or are you laying the Steelers? Yeah, no, I'm gonna take the three here in kind of like what you were referencing a little bit too. All of those four starts that he had last year, they were decided by three points. If you're telling me I'm getting three with an offense, it's not gonna change. It's you know, sometimes when we see these quarterbacks take over, the offense completely has to kind of cater to what they do. It doesn't really have to change too too much. Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson have similar skill sets. Obviously, the higher ceiling is Lamar Jackson, obviously, but it's not like they have to reinvent the wheel. He's been in this situation before, and he's going up against a Steelers offense that isn't exactly the Kansas City Chiefs or the Cincinnati Bengals. They're not going to ask him to go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. It's Kenny Pickett, a rookie. It's For me, I will gladly take, you know, if it was two and a half last I saw it, if it's three, I'm thrilled. I'm taking that, and I'm trusting that Harbaugh and Tomlin keep this game close. I got a hot take on a quarterback situation that I referenced. Deshaun Watson, right? Second game. Uh, looks like crap against the uh, Texans in his like super awkward revenge game. Uh, Joe Burrow is 0-4 against the Bing, against the uh, Browns in his career. Do you think Joe Burrow will hear about that this week? Because I do. And last oh, year – yeah, I mean, it's going to be like a, a talking point, right? Like It lives oh, in his head. You don't even need to talk about it. He knows it. It's living in his head. Rent free. But so last year, uh, I've mentioned this a few times. The final four games that he played, he completed uh, 76% of his passes, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions, 370 yards per game, 10.5 yards per pass attempt. Insane numbers. He didn't play week 18 against the Browns because mm-hmm. they did it, they sat him for, for seating purposes. Uh, I think he would have torched that, the Browns in week 18. And I think yeah. he wants to torch the Browns now. So I love. I love the um, the uh, the Bengals laying six here. I think that it's sort of, it's like kind of inflated where people are like, well, Sean's back, Joe Burrow can't beat the Browns. I love the Bengals laying six here. I know that's sort of chalky, but I think Joe Burrow is about to go on a tear, like an absolute tear, and they're going to flirt with the number one seed. That's a hot take. That's my hot take. By the way, I would agree with you. I agree with you on that one. Well, I mean, first of all, Deshaun Watson, 
didn't look good last week. I mean, of course, I guess we can't expect him to look great. He took two years oh. off, uh, but he was 12 of 22, 131 yards and interception. The defense actually posted two touchdowns, and then they had that punt return touchdown as well. Uh, you got Joe Mixon and Hayden Hurst, who are questionable, but like you said, no Jamar Chase in the last one. Joe Burrow coming off of beating Patrick Mahomes, the first quarterback ever to beat Mahomes three times in a row. Uh, and I, my thing with Deshaun Watson is I don't think he's ever going to be that good again, because I don't know how you get over the world knowing that you're a creep. You know what I mean? Like, think about your deepest, darkest. I don't know, but I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, no, no, no like it, it is like it took Tiger Woods forever to like. Yes. Like, yes. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. No, no I know. I agree with you completely. It's you are. You're, every time you like step foot in public, you're thinking, unless you're associated. Everyone knows. Yeah. Which, which may very well be. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like you're every, like, I mean, I would be, I would just move to Alaska. I'm not kidding. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to handle, like, you step out. It's like oh. literally 60,000 people are looking at you, and all you could think is, they know. Everyone knows. Right. And, they're sc- and they're screaming at you and calling you names and stuff, which, you know, rightfully so. But uh, I, I don't I don't know that we're going to see him play well this year. I really don't. And Joe Burrow's just a stud. I like yeah. that take. I, I do um, wonder, though, quickly, just because I think I like the over in this game at 47. I do wonder that, you know, this is a situation with, with Deshaun Watson. Because I think that the Bengals is going to score a billion points. Like, th- they'll be fine. But yeah. in terms of helping us get over – with the Cleveland Browns offense, I do wonder now that he's actually have a game under his belt, the Houston game is over. Can he at least a little bit play free and loose against the Bengals team who has shut down teams in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, but early on they have given up some points. Can he at least put up a couple of scoring drives catered to maybe a, a, you know, something with the defense giving you a short field in the running game with Nick Chubb. Can you at least get me into the teens and then hope that, Joe Burrow and the rest of that Bengals offense can blow doors. I do think that that's possible. That can get us over. Well, I mean, one thing too, when you look at like um, this for like more DFS purposes than anything else, but um, Nick Chubb is the really rare running back. Derrick Henry does it too, where uh, just because they're so explosive that they can actually accelerate the pace of a game with the rushing attack. So like Chubb could rip off a 70 yarder. And all of a sudden it's like the Bengals are forced to sort of, you know, increase their passing pass pass expectancy or pass rate over expectancy and then all of a sudden you have you know more scoring even if watson isn't very good and of course you can hit cooper for a deep shot so yeah i love the over in that spot too um okay i did some research as well which which i do frequently but then i actually got yelled at for doing the research it's like don't read that on don't read that on the podcast (laughs) damn if you can't win if you don't I mean, really. Can't win. Uh, so, so the Cowboys are minus 17 and a half, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I looked it up. Since 2002, 17 games have been minus 17 and a half or higher. Four of those involved. Actually, I'm now I'm reading it, but whatever. The 2007 Pats, 17 now. So, my goodness. Uh, total of 45. Um, I think it's notable, though, that like if you shrink it down to just more recently – and you sort it uh, since 2010, so like the last 12 years, you actually only get 11 games. This would be 12. Um, and, and I think it's like six and two to the under. And so, I, and I, I understand that like that's not a blind reason to take the under because we're talking about a small sample size. 
Um, these games involve the 2019 Dolphins a lot, the 2020 Jets, and the 2021 Texans. And look who's back again here, the 2022 Oof. Texans. But the Cowboys like to run it. They already showed <laughs> off for Odell Beckham on Sunday night. They ran up the score. They're fine pounding the ball with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. And I think that they would be absolutely okay with you know getting a win here in comfortable fashion without running up the score. And we could see like yeah. 31-10. And it like it's like you, you get a late touchdown from the Texans, like a Nico Collins garbage time toss from Kyle Allen, and you still easily get under. What do you say, Katie? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you're going to take a minus 17 spread, I feel like you're just a square. You know what I mean? Like you got to root for the plus 17 on this. And I do think that, you know, the Texans, they did cover against the Eagles, right? They were a huge double digit spread earlier this year. And I agree with you. I think that they, they get a comfortable lead and then they kind of sit for a while. I don't think this is going to get to 17 and I can't imagine sitting there sweating out a minus 17. Like that sounds like the worst game of my life to uh to watch there so i i would i would take if i'm gonna take the uh dallas i might look at uh, a first half uh and see what that is or maybe a dallas team total on there over but if we're looking at a spread of 17 you know give me the texans all day yeah i'm right there with you just because i mean you look at the last few, a couple of weeks ago too when they were 14 point uh favorites or the dolphins were 14 point favorites against the texans you know, they've mailed it in after dropping 30 in the first half, and you sit back, you're in, you're in kind of a victory situation, but all of a sudden, Texans score 15 garbage time points, you're kind of sweating it out a little bit. I mean, obviously, you still end up covering, but 17 points, that is just way too much for me to feel like you're, you're comfortable laying and sitting there for four quarters being like, oh, I got this, this isn't a huge problem whatsoever. You saw what they did to the Colts last week. They're not doing that two weeks in a row, not because they can't do it. It's because they're probably just going to have Cooper Rush or whoever playing at the, at the tail end of this yeah. game. I, I was furiously Googling Jaguars-Broncos 2013 point spread, cbssports.com. And found, I, it turns out I used to write things for this website. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Thank I actually you. even made a um, – I'm not going to tell you what the joke is. It's too terrible. To, 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 I'm not, not going to tell. But anyway, the, the, the Jaguars, uh, this is my picks in week eight. The Jaguars were plus 16 and a half. And I, I pointed out that the Jaguars were in better shape than the Buccaneers. And then said, having said all that, I'm like a transfer portal guy. Like, having said all that, I will be leaving this school. Um, you can't, you just can't take the Texans, but I think you have to. I would just prefer to take the under if you're going to take anything in that spot. Sure. It's just typically speaking, these these big dogs late later in the season are more apt to cover. Yeah, as we know about, we know about the teams, and and I think the under is a good look. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll pick some home dogs and some stinky cheese next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So the home dogs this week are kind of intriguing. I think they are anyway. The Chargers... The thing about the Chargers is they're never like no matter where they play. They're plus three. <laughs> Cardinals are plus one. The oh man, there's some. The Broncos are plus nine. God help your God rest your soul if you want to take the Broncos. The Giants are plus seven, and I believe oh the Rams are plus six on Thursday night. Katie Mox, do any of those home dogs intrigue you? As a possible, I like, I like the G-men plus seven. I feel like a touchdown is a lot to give in a divisional matchup, and certainly one that's as tight uh, as the NFC East is right now. Phillies D middle of the pack against the run, allowing 118 rush yards per game. You know, you get Saquon Barkley going, and we do know that the Giants love these single possession games. They're one of the luckiest teams at covering in those single possession games. So when this was down to six and a half, I could see, you know, laying that with the Eagles, but seven, and I feel like it's going to even tick up higher than that to be maybe seven and a half or eight. I like the G-men at home. Sully, what about you? That, that's my pick, too. Oh. New York, 3-0 hey. and against the spread. As a home dog this season, Philadelphia, as a road favorite, 1-4 against the spread. They, they haven't been a good bet on the road this season, Philadelphia, as much as you know they're, they're legitimately yeah. in the Super Bowl conversation, probably going to be the number one seed in the NFC. They haven't really been a great bet going on the road, especially when they're, when they're giving up points here. So for me, let me go with the Giants. Let's see what happens with Brian Dayball in this offense. And, and Daniel Jones... Playing decent football. It's not like yeah. this team is obviously, you know, they, they've been banged up and all of that, but they can run the football with Jones. They can run the football with Saquon Barkley. This feels like one of those division games where it's closer than you expect it to be. It'd be interesting to see, too, like, you know, the the Eagles' rush defense came out gangbusters against Derrick Henry last week, but yeah. they have not been very good this year. So is that a yeah. something that's changing, or is that just sort of a blip on the radar? Because if it's, if it's a blip on the radar – we could have a Saquon blow-up game, and all of a sudden they've got a lead. And you know, I'll say this: it's because Jordan Davis returned. That was a huge piece yep. to you know, obviously that that run defense. But again, it's it just feels like this is one of those games. And I and I was against them last week too. I had the Titans in the points, and I obviously burned on that one. But right. you know, me, free, me, 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 Rob, me and Robinson not having a great time. Nice job, John Robinson. <laughs> what do you think of there? <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like this is one of those division games that gets a little bit closer than what you think. And if we're getting a full touchdown, I feel pretty good with the Giants. I don't hate it. Um, I can't take the Broncos. I mean, just, I can't. I mean, like, I think they'll probably cover like nine at home. Is insane, right? Yeah, literally, like vomiting thinking about taking the Broncos. I, you know, I'm going to do something even stupider. Probably, I'm going to say the Rams. John okay. Wolford and the Rams. Six is a lot Against- for the Raiders. But they're going to be without everybody. No Cup. They've got no Stafford and probably no Aaron Donald. Oh, definitely no Aaron Donald. They might even sit Jalen Ramsey. They got nobody. It makes no sense to take the Rams. <laughs> None. And I'm going to do it anyway. The Raiders. The Raiders are capable. The Raiders have given up a, like multiple double digit, double digit leads. They were. We, everyone was trying to fire Josh McDaniels four weeks ago, and they just ripped off three wins. Impressive stuff. 
if Ramsey plays, I do think it hampers their offense a little bit because he can actually lock down Devontae Adams and you just force him to try to run with Jacobs. The Rams have been kind of stingy against the run. I, I don't mm. think this will be a pretty cover, but it's Thursday night football. Sean McVay has some pride here because he's never had a losing season. Like he, this could be his first one ever. I think they find, I don't think they win. They find a way to like have a sloppy cover. I get a little nervous of that because I do think the Raiders pass rush is starting to come alive a little bit. And when you're talking about a backup quarterback and John Wolford, I I don't know if, if all of a sudden Max Crosby and Chandler Jones are are, are breathing down your throat, that feels like a turnover waiting to happen. To to be clear, I fully expect to feel like an idiot at like 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Which happens, or like, or a hero, and then we'll never hear the end of it about how you predicted. That's probably more likely. (laughs) Oh my god, that's that's devastatingly accurate. All right, uh, moving along. Well, I mean, yeah, either I'm either I'm an idiot or a hero. That's that's how I like to go out in the blaze of glory, one way or the other. Right? I mean, who wants to be a middleman? Um, (laughs) Stinky cheese of the week. So I identified a couple lines that I think absolutely are rancid. The Titans minus three and a half against the Jaguars. It makes it, it like make it make sense. The Lions now minus two and a half would make that yeah. make sense. Like that one's climbing. Like er- everyone should want to take the Vikings. The Niners minus three and a half with no offense, Katie. Brock Purdy starting. It's four now. That's gone up to four. These are some smell. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, I know that, and then the, the, the smelliest one of all, I think, is the Seahawks minus three and a half yes. against Sam yes. Darnold. So, uh, I'll, you can pick first, Katie, as our honored guest here. Uh, I'm doing Seahawks minus three and a half. I, I think Seattle are frauds, and I have been saying this pretty much all season long. They barely beat the Rams without all of their star players. They didn't even cover the spread. I believe they were, what, by a touchdown? Sam Darnold looked okay last week. You know, the Panthers have the rest advantage here. But the, the reason why I think this is kind of like a stinky cheese situation is because the Seahawks have the Niners next week. That's their big game. That's what they're looking forward to. I feel like we can get caught, at, you know, caught up in the look ahead. They might think, oh, the Panthers, not very good. Sam Darnold, this is going to be an easy game. We're looking to prepare for next week and get uh, and get caught up in this one. So I actually think that uh, the Panthers could squeak out a win here. Ooh. Yeah. Is there a revenge angle? I don't need a revenge angle for the Panthers. I don't think there is one there. Seahawks. Yeah. I'll find one. Don't worry. I completely <laughs> missed. I missed the Malik Hooker revenge game. I'm so mad about that. I. Anyway, uh, Sully, what do you think? What smells here? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. I mean, we're talking about a team that is in the conversation as a Super Bowl favorite, or in the, as a Super Bowl threat, not a favorite, obviously. But in, they're in that conversation. And you're going up against the Detroit team, who has been playing better recently, and obviously they put up whatever it was. Was it 40 points? Did they get a 40 burger? On uh, on the Jaguars last week was yeah, that like 44-13. Was 44. Cra- crazy, crazy number. And I think that you know because their defense has been playing better, they're scoring a ton of points. A lot of money is going to go in with Detroit, but I don't know. I just still feel like this is a team that is going to be in it. Clearly, going to win that division. I'll go. Wait, so you're saying you like the Vikings? So you're, like taking, the Vikings. you're taking the cheese? I, I you're, guess. You're at fresh market. Do you guys have fresh market? You guys don't have fresh market. Do no, we don't have fresh market. No. Do you even know what I'm talking about when I say fresh market? I'm assuming at grocery it's store. I assume it's like yeah. it's like a very it's a very high end. It's not a high end. It's very snooty like grocery like southern like a Whole Foods. Store. It's like it's like night. It, yeah, it's, but there's okay. 
anyway, like a, like a gourmet a, grocery, a nice, grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play like classical music. You walking around like you have like yeah, but like they have a really really nice cheese section. Okay. So you're walking oh. into Whole Foods, I mean Fresh Market, and you're buying a whole wheel of Gouda on the Vikings. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm doing. I, I should mean, have gone through the Trader Joe's, yeah. I guess, maybe. I'm good. A Gouda do it? Is that sure? We want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have a button for that. I was going to do it. Don't, but I don't know. What do I have here? Oh, we'll see. That's too long. It's Ryan Wilson, fire Ryan Wilson. Um, okay. He was on TikTok one time. It's a whole thing. Um, I'm going to say the Titans. I think I think the Titans minus three and a half. I know they fired their GM, and we talked about that at the beginning of the show. But like, the Jaguars just got torched by the lion by the Lions in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And the, if the Jaguars had won that game, they would be able to go into Tennessee and potentially flip this division. Now, Mike Vrabel, like I'm bu- I'm buying the cheese on the on the. I think I'm buying the cheese on the Titans. Like I think they're going to blister the Jaguars. Like the Jaguars are kind of packing it in. Trevor Lawrence is banged up a little bit. Yeah, the receivers are playing well, but like Tennessee's gonna Vrabel's gonna get these guys hyped and be like, hey, Amy Adams Strunk, you see what happens when we get rid of the guy who's buying the groceries, going to the fresh market, buying me crappy groceries? Like now we're cooking. Well, not only that, Will, it's I, I do think that there's something to be said for, yeah, the GM just got fired. Everybody's job is now on notice. Yep. You know, who was a GM yep. guy, who was a Vrabel guy, and those players need to step up. This is an all-hands-on-deck game a little bit, not only because you – know, not just for their season. It's for their jobs on the roster. Good call. Okay. Basta. Um, <laughs> any uh, – I miss anything? No, that's everything. Anything else for this uh, for this slate that sticks out to you guys? It's a really small. It's like the it's there's six teams on by. It's it's almost like well, borderline shocking to go from like a full Thanksgiving spread into this yeah. super condensed uh, uh, group of games with and, these. And like two teams had buys last week, so why didn't they just do do like four and four or whatever it was going to be? Like I don't know. They could have they could have scheduled that a little bit better. I think. Yeah. Um, if if we're talking about buying stinky cheese. Oh, Give me the oh. Niners. Oh, Give me boy. the Niners minus four. Okay, yes, I am a 49ers fan, as you can see in the background here. However, the line opened up as three before Monday Night Football. Then it quickly moved to four after seeing how the Bucks played last night. This Niners defense is going to do a number on Tom Brady and that offense. I mean, especially with Worfus out, and we talked about Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa coming for you. Number one in sacks, number one in quarterback hits, pass rush, pass Pass, rush, productivity, number one, penalties drawn, number one. Like, Tom Brady is going to be under a lot of pressure, and he's not going to be very productive. And, you know, who knows what Purdy can do. Hopefully he's a stud again and throws in tight coverage and can, you know, do things on the move. But uh, I don't think Tom Brady is going to do well. I don't. I was hoping to look. I was, hoping, I, was, I was looking up the defensive player of the year uh, uh, prices. I was hoping Nick Bosa would be like, to He's plus 240 at Caesars, which is maybe a little too short. Uh, Michael Parsons minus 380, but that's shrunk significantly over the last week, which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Um, there's The next closest is Chris Jones at 28 to 1. Hmm, interesting. I mean, I, I, Nick Bose could easily win this award. If, if the Niners win the division, good. Well, yeah, and, and get like a top, and get a, if they win that division with Brock Purdy or Baker yeah. Mayfield. Um, <laughs> Okay. Well, you you, you want to prolong this podcast and talk about this one? Okay. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about Baker. What happens if they? What, what is your reaction going to be as a Niners fan if they claim Baker this afternoon? 
Uh, I'd be sick. I'd be sick to my stomach if that happened. Well, first of all, you know, Purdy is, he's been in the system now for 13 weeks. He knows it. He's been going up again, you know, in practice, going up the best, uh, going up against the best defense uh, in the NFL every single week. Like you're going to bring in Baker Mayfield and you expect him to learn a Shanahan offense this late in the season. I would just stick with, with Purdy as well. And, uh, you know, try to, I guess if you, if you got, Mayfield in, he would be a backup quarterback, but I don't even think it's worth it to bring him in there. I don't. Sorry, I got blistered on uh, Monday night for suggesting that the Seahawks and the Buccaneers might claim Baker Mayfield ahead of the Niners to block them, just just in case like you know, Purdy gets hurt. That's what we talked about. Oh, we talked about that. Sorry, yeah. No, but I got blistered later that evening after we talked about it. I, I brought it up on the... I, I say failure is what you're yeah. saying. I planted the seed in your head, and yeah, yeah, they crushed me for it. They were like, "You're an idiot. They're not going to claim Baker." I was like, "What? It's possible." Yeah, those those a holes blistered me. Wow. So I guess I'm it's not. It's possible that Baker you. goes nowhere. It's possible. I think, I think somebody will claim. I him. think he gets claimed. It's a small amount of money. What did we say yesterday? Well, it was like one point four million. million. Yeah, in base salary, someone yeah. will claim him. Oh, he's got I, that like. Patriots banners behind. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hidden under the safe under over here. Yeah, we're all, all good to go. Speak, actually speaking, really quick, one more pick, one more pick. If we're gonna do a little Homer section towards the end here, over yes. on Patriot Patriots Cardinals. Mm. That's I'm gonna go over on that one. Okay. I think that the Patriots offense has been absolutely put through the ringer over the last few games, a few weeks after that Thursday loss to the Buffalo Bills. They're going up against a Cardinals defense that isn't particularly that good. I think they're twenty. What is it? Twenty fifth in the NFL and DVOA against the pass. I think you're going to see a little bit more of those deep shots that we saw on Thanksgiving. And on the other side of things, Patriots defense has been very good. One area where they've struggled is against mobile quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, I think that this is going to be well over that 44. And I mean, only a, only a real like psychopath would suggest that this is a revenge game. Against former Patriots quarterback Cliff Kingsbury, no one would do that. I mean, no, no one, no one on planet Earth would think about doing that. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll do that. We'll just I'll actually. Did, did Steve Kime work for the Patriots too? Briefly? Uh, no, no, no. It was, uh, it was uh, Jason Light worked for the Patriots. So no, no. There's no revenge game there. Only, only a lunatic would suggest that. All right, that's the show. Katie Mox, fantastic stuff. Sully, as always, fantastic stuff. For Katie, for Sully, I'm Brenson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.